right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it is a post-race version of the podcast with Davey Siegel. We are here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. We just watched an unexpectedly crazy, borderline insane race. Las Vegas, say. the wild card of the playoffs, just like everyone expected. What the heck, man? I, I, I don't know. Where did that come from? I was waiting on pit road, as were you, for the last probably five or ten laps. And because of all the wrecks, all the restarts, the red flag, it took like 15, 20 minutes. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, so who's had trouble so far? And then I realized it would just be easier to think of who had not had trouble up until that point, which was, I think, one or two guys up to that point. I think it was just Brad Keselowski and Martin Truex Jr. Because every single other playoff contender, 14 of them, had some sort of issue throughout the day. It, w- it was ridiculous. It's crazy. I mean, you look at the running order, and, okay, so first of all, half of the playoff drivers didn't finish on the lead lap in the opening playoff race. <laughs> so that's something. But also, I mean, like, for instance, Kyle Busch does finish on the lead lap. He was, like, wrecked in a lap down. And before that, I was tweeting earlier in the race, I was surprised because he just had a completely uncharacteristic day. Yeah. I mean, we talk all year about the big three, right? Kyle Busch was arguably the best out of the big three for the main portion of the season. And he was mired back in 17th, 18th place in the middle of stage two. I'm thinking, holy cow, what is what is going on? I mean, did they just miss the setup? Is it just ill handling? I mean, I know Kyle Busch had not had a ton of success at Vegas before he finally got his first win at his home track. But it's the playoffs. You think that they're going to bring their A game right out of the box. Absolutely. And clearly so- something was missing. And then you had the spin, which in hindsight, he, he gets a top 10 finish, right? In hindsight, when he went through that grass and the splitter did not get damaged, you got to look back on that and say he probably had a guardian angel with him or a golden horseshoe like Martin Truex Jr. was talking about in the media center because if he had damage on that splitter, his day is probably over. He comes back, is able to get a top 10 finish. So wild day for Kyle Busch, but, I mean, wild day for everybody pretty much. Well, yeah, and you look at his teammate Denny Hamlin who had a similar spin through the grass, maybe just at like a higher speed or different angle. He gets completely torn up right. just because his, his splitter dug in. As as Nick Bromberg said on Twitter, a, a wreck that should not be a race-ending wreck at all. He was just spinning, and then he, as soon as he hits the grass, tears his car up, done. And guess what? Denny Hamlin now last place in the chase or the playoff standings. I still say chase. Um, Everyone does. because And he's 20 points out of a spot yeah. going into these, these two races. I mean, all of a sudden, Denny Hamlin's not in a good position. This is crazy. This is like I, I really... To, to think, okay, let's go back a month, okay, to say, hey, uh, Brad Keselowski's going to win three races <laughs> in a row, including the Southern 500 in the Brickyard. And be the hottest driver coming into the playoffs. Yeah, and now he has uh, he has 25 playoff points. I mean, all of a sudden, he, he only has 11 less playoff points than Truex. He's gotten like three quarters of those in the last month. In three weeks? It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. It really is. Um, and so let, let's talk about who... who sort this all out real quick um who's okay who's not okay so um after this craziness martin tricks jr is the points leader followed by kyle bush kyle bush is second points despite i mean it could have been a disaster well, for going, going back to denny hamlin for a second i mean think about it like we talked about kyle bush ninth denny hamlin finished 32nd yeah that's a 30 33 place is that the right math i don't know 31 33 it's late whatever it's 100 degrees outside that's a huge swing right right and i mean kyle bush regardless of what happened he probably would be sitting okay because of his ridiculous amount of playoff points he accrued throughout the year but still that just shows you i mean racing you got to be lucky and good and today kyle bush was lucky 
his teammate Denny Hamlin was not, and he's sitting last in the playoff standings. Well, and but you know, you say that he probably would have been good, but like there was a moment there where the, as they run, when when Harvick, who was the first playoff driver to have a problem because of his tire situation, not too good at Russian roulette, I hear. Yeah, ooh, that was a harsh comment, yeah, huh? It was. He uh, he good didn't make some friends with Goodyear on that. No, but um, so before everybody else had problems and Harvick had his problem, all of a sudden he's only clear by like you know, something in the teens going into two races, including the Roval. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody else has problems. And now Harvick is to the good by, uh, Oh, 38 points. You're better at math than me. Good job. He's, he's still, he's, you know, he's not locked in. He definitely used up a mulligan, but he's still in pretty good shape. But he put himself in that position where in the event of something like what happened today, right. He wouldn't be losing sleep at night. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas, who was also involved in that wreck in in uh, in the beginning portion of the race? Eric Jones, he does not have that luxury of relying on those playoff points because I don't think he has any. Right? He might have. Oh, we got that he win. Has five he has five because of his yeah. win. But he's out right now. He's exactly. right there with Denny. Right. He's um, second to last, fifteenth right now. Only one point separating from Denny. So, so he's, he's nineteen behind the cutoff, yep. which Alex Bowman currently holds that spot. So I mean, yeah. Eric Jones. I mean, you saw him visibly frustrated when he got out of the car, throwing yeah. his ice ice bag that was in his fire suit. I mean, look he's going to have to be able to get some solid, solid finishes at Richmond and at the Roval. And we know what the Roval is going to be unpredictable. And I mean, Richmond's its own animal as well. So he used up a mulligan that he didn't really have. That's the problem with him. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll also say that, um, you know, Kurt Busch, for instance, so Logano's fifth in points. Um, Kurt Busch is sixth in points. And that's for a guy who uh, let's see, he finished twenty first. Twenty first. That's not terrible. Cause I mean, I guess he saved his his wreck and stuff for late. Yeah. Um, he was running in the top five and top ten for yeah. most of the race until late. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then it's after after him, it's Ryan Blaney who ended up fifth, but he didn't really have many playoff points to speak of. So, um, and then Kyle Larson, talk about a guy who salvaged a day. Yeah. Um, finishes second. Uh, could have won that race. Um, I mean pretty impressive those those two ganassi cars were riding the high lane like crazy especially in the second stage i mean i was we were in the press box together and i was looking at you just shaking my head and you're like what's going on i was like i just can't believe the speed that they have right now because they worked in the high lane at the beginning of the runs whereas most other people just kind of gradually worked their way up there yeah they just went right up there going into turn one insane murray was on rails yeah i mean he was incredible um and then of course him and larson stayed out um, to begin stage three on old tires. So they had that track position. McMurray had bad luck, obviously. But Larson, to come back with a second-place finish, that was that was pretty impressive for sure. Yeah, well, just, I mean, even when he took the lead late there and then it was battling with Kozlowski, it's, I mean, you wouldn't think that he would have the car to do it based on what we had seen. But um, he's right up there. How about Almirola? Much of the day, he was like the lowest running playoff driver. Mm-hmm. Not because anything happened. Well, he did. They- he did hit the wall. He scraped the wall once. Uh, I think in the middle of stage two, and he thought okay. that his car was going to be killed, but he kept running and it was fine. Uh-huh. Did you see on pit road though? He, I mean, he had like a mini altercation with Ryan Blaney. It was altercation is probably the wrong word after the race. Yeah, they had a slight disagreement on I don't remember which last restart it was, but I think it was the second one, the second to last one, where Blaney kind of came up. He got a little loose exiting turn two, and Almarola kind of squeezed him up a little bit. Oh, okay. So, See, I missed that. I just saw. Yeah. I actually saw Almarola walking away in a huff, and I thought, why is he mad? He just finished sixth yeah. for on a day where. Well, he Almarola could, you know. came over to Blaney and asked him what happened. They kind of oh. chatted a little bit. Blaney kind of seemed. I mean, they were both dead tired because of the yeah. heat. Um, but I asked Blaney. He said, he said, just plain and simple, I got fenced. 
So he clearly was not thinking what Almirola was. Almirola said, you know, what happened, what was going on, and Blaney said, you fenced me. And yeah. Almirola really wasn't agreeing with that. They, they didn't, you know, disagree with fisticuffs or anything like that. They kind of just had a, a verbal disagreement and went their separate ways. Well, so Almirola is ninth in the standings, but despite uh, despite that position where you would think it's, it's pretty um, decently safe, um, he's only 12 points to the good. So it, it pretty much stacks up from there on. Austin Dillon, another guy who salvaged a day. Comes home in 11th. I mean, that guy, <laughs> I don't know how he did that. I think he was running like eighth at the time of the overtime restart, and I was thinking, Austin Dillon can get a top five out of this day? Yeah, I, I mean, mean. That's just a microcosm of how it, wacky and then, today and was. And then you go back to the Hamlin thing, for instance, um, just for a moment before we go back to finishing the standings. But So like Hamlin, you know, they say, what happened? And, you know, out of the care center on TV, and he's like, well, I was just trying to get too much. You know, the driver messed up there, and, and you know, it was, it was a 15th place car, and um, I, I was just trying to get more out of it than I could. Going back in hindsight, you would say, dude, if you just took what the car gave you, right. you would have been okay. You would have not been last in the playoffs. And he standings. said that too. He said, yeah. I should have just came home with a 15th place finish, right. which for Denny Hamlin sounds crazy to say at a mile and a half in Joe Gibbs racing equipment, right? Well, but let's go back to something we talked about earlier as well, and that's the Kyle Busch thing, um, how, how we didn't think he was, came out as strong. He said on pit road after the race, he goes, um, yeah, you know what? We, we really haven't been running well like the last five weeks or so now, and I don't know what it is. Something's wrong. Something's not right with our stuff. Mm. Um, Truex ran well, so that's some sign of hope, but he's like, if you look at our cars, something we're missing it right now. Larson, so, Larson talked about that too. He oh, said, yeah? Yeah, right in the media center. He said, I mean, he said the last three weeks, Kyle Busch has not been the Kyle Busch of the regular season pretty right. much. And I'm surprised to hear him say that because you you figure it's just a mixture of track position, bad luck, what have you. But that doesn't sound too promising. No, I know, right? <laughs> like it's kind of like uh, that. That seems like cause for concern. Yeah. Um, so JGR Clint, as a whole did not run well today. No, no. I well, mean, jo- you know, Jones sat on the pole. Suarez ends up finishing eighth. Right. Um, so he. Well, I guess Kyle Busch with, with seventh. But yeah, I mean. Um, Hamlin, Jones, they had their problems, but it's not like they were running great before then. No, at as one soon point, as the race started, Jones went backwards oh, yeah. from the pole. He went backwards from the pole. They were all running around 15th place at one point, I think, in the middle of stage two. And, I mean, like you said, Suarez and, and Kyle Busch, they get their top tens, but Denny Hamlin's in a very precarious position now. Suarez missed the playoffs, but obviously he ran well today. And, I mean, I, that's very interesting about what you said about Kyle Busch, though. Yeah. Because, like I said, he's the odds-on favorite. We're in Vegas, right? you got to place your bets. He was one of the odds-on favorites to win the whole thing. Right, and for sure. it seemed like he wasn't too confident in his car and the things that they got going on in the 18 camp moving forward. I mean, he's going to Richmond next, which he's won there a handful of times, and he loves that track. But I think next week is going to be a really, really big cause for concern if he shows up and they don't have the typical 18 speed right off the truck well and and richmond is a jgr track typically mm-hmm. i mean kyle bush denny hamlin those are the guys who are really really good at richmond so it is an opportunity for if they run decent for hamlin to get right back up there and you know he hasn't won a race this season which he's in danger of not doing of, of failing to win a race for the first time in his career right um i don't know next next week's going to be interesting next week i think could equally be a crazy race because i think there's a huge amount of fear about the roval just the unknown it represents it could be a race like today um a crash vest un- unpredictable kind of thing and i think it's going to make next week crazy because i kept asking drivers after the race today why what the hell happened like why why was this <laughs> such a wild card race like you alluded to at the start when 
there's really no reason. It's just a mile and a half track. Like, how many boring mile and a half track races do we see? Right. Um, Even at Las Vegas, too. Yeah. I the mean, one in the spring here, wasn't it exactly. fairly tame? Like Kevin Harvick tame? dominated every stage. I mean, yeah. I was full transparency. Coming into this weekend, I was thinking, all right, yeah, it's cool. It's the playoff opener. Like, that'll be fun. But I don't think the racing's going to be that good. Yeah. Could not have been more wrong. I mean, even just getting past the fact that all these playoff drivers had problems, which created an enormous amount of intrigue, the racing itself was good. And, and we'll get to that with the was it a good race poll later on. But yeah, well, you I, had a lot of lead changes, like exactly. battles for the lead. You had different lanes mm-hmm. um, forming on the top to the middle to the bottom throughout the runs. I think that was partly because of the, the temperature outside. I mean, it was yeah. over 100 had degrees. To had to be. But it's a dry heat, though. That's <laughs> what they say. I, I tell you what. Um, you know, I, I I don't know what the balance of the tires is. I know people are complaining about the tires, but the bottom line is, the, what you know, not everybody's tires blew out, so it had to be something set up. No offense, Harvick fans, but I'm sorry, but it had to be something set up for for situations like that. Goodyear said that too. They yeah. said that. There's well, they been always no, say that though, right? I mean, but I mean, fair, but from their they never say, well, yeah, we of course. Up. From yeah. their perspective, they say, you know, like we make the tires. There weren't any problems. The teams are adjusting on them in certain ways with air right. pressures and cambers and setups that we can't, you know, factor into our equations. So, well, and Rodney Childers even said on the radio to Harvick, like during the caution before his caution, uh, he like the, you know, usually I listen to their radio and he goes, Hey, tires look really good. You're doing really great. Yeah. And it stuck out to me this time. Cause Childers goes, yeah, you know, he said something like the right side. It's, it's not looking good. We need to try to figure out, to do something different next run blows a tire crashes so and i showed you too but this is actually identical of what happened to kevin harvick last year at las vegas because last year he blew a tire enter in turn one hit the wall in the middle in the beginning middle portion of the race so i don't know if it's something about las vegas i don't know if it's something about him driving the mobile one car i don't know what it is but he's got to get that monkey off his back at las vegas he obviously won here earlier this year so we know that he can get it done was he the fastest of the big three today I think Martin Truex Jr. was fastest. Yeah. But I, I raised you another question with that. I mm-hmm. wrote down on my sheet, do we still think there's a big three? Question mark? Because you <laughs> could tough. argue that there's really not, considering Brad Keselowski's won the last three races. Right. Truex, obviously, I think was the fastest today. But And Truex said he was the fastest. Uh-huh. He, he said he... He said he had the best handling car, and he probably was the fastest. Um, but he said, you know, Brad has the golden horseshoe right now. He's put himself in positions to win the, the last three, and that's a credit to him and his team. Well, and that's that's what, that's what too, like, I don't know how much to make of the Keselowski thing. Like, you know, okay, he wins Darlington. You're like, well, that's cool, but he kind of put himself in the right position. And Larson blah, blah. was the fastest car at Darlington. Yeah, and then last week at Indy, you're like, wow, is this something where they're actually really that good, or did mm-hmm. he just put himself in position again? Then today, I mean— I just am having trouble wrapping my head around that Keselowski just won three in a row. I don't nowhere, think you're giving but... him enough credit, though. I actually think yeah, that— I don't know that I am. I, I think the two-team is putting themselves in that conversation. I mean, really? all, yeah. season, all season long, we talked about who's going to be the fourth person because the, those three are locked into Miami, which, for a matter of fact, I still believe that they pretty much are for all intents and purposes. But I don't. I don't. After I, today, if we have what's going on every race, then everything's out the window. But I— I really think Keselowski could challenge those three. No, I, I picked him for my final four, but well, that was just kind of a dumb guess anyway. But, um, I mean, I, I guess I just – is it execution or raw speed? Because overall, I am I tend to favor raw speed. Like when I'm making p- picks or predictions or saying right. who's running well, it doesn't really matter the finishes. You're looking at who's the fastest. Because mm-hmm. as, as Truex said today afterwards, like – 
you know, a lot of these times, if you want to look at this racing and talk about this racing in NASCAR, so much of the time it doesn't come down to the fastest car. It comes down to situations like Kozlowski, and they are so good at capitalizing on that. So is that what they're doing, or are they fast enough to really get up there? I mean, I, I guess I would still, despite them winning three in a row, lean toward no, but Kyle Busch has fallen off. Mm-hmm. Um, Truex does seem to be right there, quietly. Harvick, I still feel like Harvick might have been the fastest. I mean, the way he was catching the leaders early on, um, he tracked down Kyle Busch. He tracked down um, Logano, was it, I think, leading yeah. early on the race? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. It's This is a very suddenly unpredictable um, playoffs. Uh, I love it, though. I mean, it's just, great. It's very entertaining from, you know, I, we the whole first half of the season, maybe more, the complaint about this NASCAR year was this is so predictable. This is like the most predictable season in years. The big three is winning every single race. Now it's you like, couldn't predict anything that happens. No, like, this is so unpredictable lately. I don't, I don't, I don't know what changed or what happened, but it's been wild. I don't know either. I mean, I think it's going back to Kozlowski for a second. I think it's kind of a cop out answer, but I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, they're executing, but in order to execute to get the W's, they have to put themselves in position in the first place. And how do you do that? You have to have raw speed throughout the race. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I think it's a cop-out answer to say that they're preparing and executing. But if you look at the speed charts, I mean, they had a pretty solid practice. They had some good practice laps this past weekend. I mean, they, they were on the 10-lap average sheets in the top 10, I think, all three times. Um, so, I mean, if you picked him in fantasy, that he was kind of a surefire bet uh, to get you some points, unless he ran into trouble like everybody else, apparently. Let, let me counter that, though, by saying this. So, each week... Um uh, Jonathan Hassler, who's one of Kozlowski's engineers on the two team, he tweets out his picks. He he looks at the timing charts or whatever, and he says, here are my good bets for today. And he named like five cars this morning for who he thought would be contenders today. He didn't name his own car, and they won. <laughs> so I, I just wonder like how much I, – I don't know. I, I, we'll find I will out give soon. You but Today especially – was a race of attrition, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So he was able to get up front and stay up there because of the great cars that were behind him that were crashing out or getting in other people's messes one by one by one. I still think if all things considered, everybody was able to run their races and not get into trouble, Keselowski still would have been in the top five, possibly challenging for the win. I think he's obviously has the most momentum out of anybody right now. That's obvious with his past three victories and two crown jewels so to speak yeah um and i mean now he gets to kind of sit back relax chill out not even worry about the wild card that we all thought was going to happen at the roval in two weeks because he's got to pass on to the next round and, and in the he's next one round of the people that needed it unlike the exactly big three, he actually needed those uh that that wild card because he wasn't going to have enough playoff points to to do that and now um He's pretty much set up decent for the next round in some mm-hmm. ways, unless something bad happens. Also, how about the 500th win for Roger Penske? Yeah, pretty sweet. totally got kind of lost in all the chaos. There was at I one think, point but... where Keselowski was leading, Logano was second, and Blaney was third. And you're yeah. thinking, oh my God, is the captain going to get his 500th win and a 1-2-3? One, one, two, three. Yeah. And, I mean, as we're recording this, the IndyCar race is going on. But could he also get the IndyCar championship? I mean, that would be a day to end all days. So, just finishing the standings here, um, Clint Boyer... Uh, is 11th. Alex Bowman is 12th. Um, Boyer is clear by uh, seven points. Bowman is clear by six points. So they have, really have no cushion to speak of. Jimmy Johnson's the first one out. He's six points behind Bowman. Chase Elliott is the next one. He's nine points behind 
Um, Eric Jones, as we mentioned, 19, and Danny Hamlin, 20. So Jones and Hamlin are the ones who really go to Richmond um, with an incredible amount of pressure because if they leave there, um, you know, 19 or 20 points behind, they're they're really counting on a lot of things to happen at, at the Roval, I think. Yeah, Denny Hamlin, obviously, Richmond's one of his favorite tracks, one of his home tracks, so mm-hmm. he's bound to be fast there. It's just a matter of if they can keep that speed throughout the entire weekend and capitalize, like we talked about, that Brad Keselowski's been able to do the past three weeks. I think, I mean, like you said, he's last right now, so if he goes in with the mindset of we have to win, I think that could actually get him in more trouble and put a little more pressure on him. He's not super far out of reach of getting above the cutoff line. So mm-hmm. I think he, if he goes in with the mindset of, look, I'm going to Richmond, one of my favorite tracks, won here multiple times, let's just go out, do our business as usual, and run our own race just like it would be any other one, which is the most cliche thing to say. But I think if he does that, rather than putting all this pressure on himself of saying, I got to win this race because the role was too unpredictable, I think he almost would put himself in a better position heading to Charlotte Motor Speedway doing that. Um, let's close before we do the good race poll with just, I'm just wondering, I guess what, what's your level of shock or surprise as to how this race turned out today? Cause I'll be honest. I'm like, kind of just did not see You're that shook. coming whatsoever. You're very I, yeah, I mean, I'm just like, where did this come from? I don't understand. You know, we've seen so many races on mile and a half tracks, especially in fact, so many races that NASCAR is going to completely change the aero package yeah. next, you know, because that racing hasn't been good enough, essentially. Is what and for the saying. people that, that don't want it to be changed, their argument's going to be, oh, really? You're going to change the mile and a half racing? Look at Las Vegas. Right. Like I said, right. this was, this was incredible racing all around. So I'm, I'm kind of shook like you. Yeah. I, I really am though. Cause like I said, I came into this weekend just thinking, all right, it'll just be a mile and a half, Las Vegas, not too entertaining. There'll be single file. Restarts will probably be somewhat exciting. But also throughout the entire weekend, right, the truck race, Grant Enfinger had the win. They had they have a different package on the cup guys, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ex- the Xfinity race, the story with Ross awesome. Chastain, awesome race. unbelievable, smashed the watermelon on the start-finish line. That was fun. And that was a good race just in general, too. Great Absolutely. Race. And then the cup race, I think, might have blown both out of the water. So I mean, they were all. I, I can't remember the last time where all three races of like a triple header weekend. I was going like, to say that exact thing. I yeah. think I don't remember the last time that NASCAR had this good of a weekend, pure racing wise. Right. There's been good weekends off the track with news happening and whatnot, but mm-hmm. pure racing wise on the racetrack, I can't really think of a better weekend where all three of their series were taking place under the same roof at the same track, and all three races were incredible. Yeah, and I'll even, you know, I don't want to go too far down this road, but to even extend it to some of the uh, the NASCAR home track stuff that you do in addition to your front stretch stuff. I mean, we, we were both at the dirt track race on um, Thursday, Thursday night, night yeah. and that, that had a, a definitely a shit show start when, <laughs> when they, the, the track wasn't watered right yeah. necessarily, but that actually turned out to be a good race. Yep. And so, I mean, four straight days of good racing, um, it's, it's definitely a good start to the playoffs. So let's let's talk about the good race poll now. Um Man, I, I this is going to uh, be I'm a real here. guess. Yeah, because I, I think some people, obviously it was a wreck fest or, or a, definitely a, a race of attrition. So I think some people are going to look at that, especially if they're fans of certain drivers and might be like, well, this is not a good race. You think Reckon's a good race? You know, that kind of thing. And Brad won, and he's obviously not the, the favorite driver in the fans' eyes. So Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely a factor. Part of me wants to say that the fans are going to say, okay, the racing was great, and even though there were a ton of wrecks at the end, and Brad Keselowski won, it was still a good race. But then 
the other part of me, my other shoulder, has that man saying, oh, but Brad won and the wrecks were terrible. Oh, and the racing, it was okay, but it wasn't They're going to say, oh, the last 30 laps doesn't make a good race. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Even though I think it was decent before that. There, I, was, I there were some times when it was a little bit dry, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't ever thought it was like bad mm-hmm. necessarily, but, um, oh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? You want me to set the bar? Oh, I'll go first. Okay. Um. I might be so off here because whenever you do them with your with your media members at, for your post race podcast, I always say it to myself what it's going to be, uh-huh. and then whatever it ends up being, I'm like twenty percent off, like so wrong. Oh, that's good news for me. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say the percent of people that will say that the South Point 400 from Las Vegas Motor Speedway was a good race will be eighty four percent. Wow. Okay. So I was actually also thinking of going low eighties. To be honest with you. Um, that bodes good for me then. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think I might actually go more of like 80 itself. And that's getting kind of close to yours. I'm sorry to box you in in some ways, but um, I'll, I'll just say like a solid 80. Uh, I could see it being up there. So I guess I'd be surprised if it was lower than 80 because, I mean, entertainment value-wise, was it was high. So if you're looking for like a good race, I mean, you feel like – in a lot of ways, I feel like, does that mean, were you entertained? How could you not really be entertained by that race? I mean, I know it was, like I said, a wreck fest, but anyway, um, Davey, thank you so much for joining me and, uh, people can find your, your Twitter at Davey center, right? This is true. You love, you love that name. You always call me Davey center Davey whenever center. you see me. Yeah. You want to hear a funny story about how that started? Sure. So for some reason, uh, middle school and high school, Davey decided that it would be a good idea to wake up in the morning and tweet every score of every stick and ball sport that happened the day before like, oh, really? at, like every single still on one your twitter like if we went back to like if you went back i think you probably would still find it yeah like i don't know why this is a good idea i remember i was in that was like your brand tweeting yeah tweeting scores because i was like oh sports center no this is davy center like okay. just looking back on it, it's just the dumbest thing that's i've ever done that's cool so it's yeah. stuck though i guess so yeah i feel like like i told you when you first started the podcast that once it got uh, to be where it was, like you can't change the name now because the untitled Jeff Clark podcast is a hashtag brand. Um, <laughs> so now I feel like Davy Center is a hashtag brand almost, okay. and I can't really change it. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, uh, Davy, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. I, I know that you uh, have. We, it's been a long time coming to have you on here, so hopefully people enjoyed it. We definitely had a good race to talk about. Um, coming up on the next edition of the untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, it's going to be a 12 questions interview with, um, Rico Abreu. I'm pretty sure I need to think about that, but yeah, Rico Abreu, (laughs) I, I, my, my mind was not in, uh, next week's mode for a minute and then followed by how I got here podcast with, uh, sprint car announcer, Johnny Gibson from the world of outlaws. So yes, Rico Abreu is the next 12 questions. And then Johnny Gibson sprint car world coming up. That's right. And then next week I will be going to Richmond raceway. I almost said Richmond international raceway, but Richmond raceway reimagined reimagined because they have a new infield. So we will uh, be coming to you from there with another post-race podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time on the untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. <laughs>